Hey guys, welcome to episode 42 of the JV Club with the lovely Carly Craig. Uh, Carly and I uh, work together on the third season of Burning Love, which I'm very excited about. I can't tell you when it's going to come out because frankly, guys, I don't know. But uh, she was marvelous on it. You might remember her from Role Model. She's done a ton of other stuff. Um, Just a joy. And uh, I got to tell you guys, we are Nerdist is taking a break from releasing podcasts next week. So the couple of days or the day after Christmas, um, there will not be a new JV club. Listen, I don't want to ruin your holidays, uh, whether you practice the <laughs> practice Christmas. Are you a practicing Christmas or guys? Uh, but I, it also probably is not that big of a deal to you, but I do feel really weird about skipping my first week since I started the podcast. So apologies for that. Um, not up to me, but uh, let's give those kind folks over at Nerdist and Katie Levine in particular, a holiday break. She certainly has earned it. She works very hard to make the Nerdist, uh, network podcasts fantastic. So, um, this will have to suffice until uh, post-New Year, and uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, holiday break. Um, yeah, let me just do some uh, shout-outs before I g- get going on this episode. I would like to thank on Facebook John S., Tammy C., Alyssa H., Rob S., Mary S. Uh, I would like to thank via email... Um, comments that came in that way from Gerard. I'm not that uh, articulate this morning, guys. I apologize. Uh, Gerard S, MJ, E-H-R-R, Kaylin, Brenna, Katong, and Micah. Uh, The last four were on Twitter, also on Facebook. Um, Micah, Caroline J, Paul L, uh, on the Leslie Bibb Nerdist page, PJ, Alex, Scott, and Jules. Some wonderful comments and notes on the Nerdist Vanessa page, Vincent, Joseph, John S, and Todd. Um, Thank you so much guys and uh loving 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 and appreciating everything i get from you um uh Thank you, thank you, thank you. MJ, I hope that my email uh, boosted your spirits and um, that you are having a great school break for the holidays. And that's it, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, I will talk to you in the new year. Should old acquaintance be forgot. Now entering... Nerdist.com Hey guys, it's not that often that someone arrives at my doorstep with a giant bag of pecans. Were they pecans Wal- or walnuts? Walnuts. Crap! <laughs> pecans. I I mistook them for pecans, and I think I just I've already altered the memory of what I saw because pecans are very prevalent in Tucson. Like my my mom lived in a condominium complex that had a bunch of pecan trees oh uh, really that the nuts would just like drop on so you your just head. see pecans when you see nuts yeah. that's just what you see now i mean it's not like they were like <laughs> peanuts and i mistook no, them for pecans walnuts, but walnuts are much they're a little darker but you know they're nubbier <laughs> pecans are smoother walnuts are nubbier that's true but you know what were you looking that closely or was it just like wow this girl has a big bag of nuts i was excited that you had a big bag of nuts 
I just, you know, I didn't have time for breakfast. And I was like, here's a big bag of nuts. And I just kind of ran out. And Walnuts are very good for you. Do you ever cook with like walnut oil? That's something that that I, well, this is something that someone uh, a couple years ago got me excited about the idea that you can use walnut oil instead of olive oil to just like freshen up if you usually cook with olive oil just to give it a different taste i did not know that so i got some and then i forgot to ever use it and then eventually i was like oh i should use this walnut oil and then i found out that it goes bad oh and i think doesn't all oil kind of go bad i guess it does but i gotta be honest with you carly i think of oils as like oh yeah you should keep it in your cupboard yeah i keep using them unless they look like i can't use them anymore but that's never happened but i've heard of people with their olive oil or something after a while it starts to turn like hard or like yeah congeal yeah and so that that hasn't happened to me well if you like walnuts maybe you need to get into the world of walnut oil i know i've gotten to grapeseed oil but not walnut oil okay things that cook better at higher temperatures (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know what you're talking about. A little bit. I used to work for a naturopathic doctor, so I learned a lot about uh, health oh. stuff there. Oh, know, people don't know when did you do that? Is. I did that years ago. It was probably like... Here in LA? Yeah. I think I quit maybe like uh, four years ago, something like that. Yeah, about four years ago. What so drew I worked you for to like that? Three years. What? What, what drew, drew me to that? Yeah. Um, my fr- a friend of mine, my friend Heather, uh, her whole family is like into that her mom is an acupuncturist. She works at this company, East West Essentials, which is like nutritionals. And um, one, one of her sisters, who's a nutritionist, she's my nutritionist, Haley. She, her husband was a doctor. So they're not married anymore. So that's why I say was. He's still alive, not dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the past tense thing gets confusing. The past tense thing gets confusing. Yeah, so I worked for him um, just because I needed a job. You know what I mean? I was here um, to be an actress. And to be an actress. Things weren't great. So I <laughs> worked for a doctor. And it Welcome was, to Los Angeles. Yeah. No, it was cool. He was cool with like, letting me go to auditions and stuff too. But... The great thing about that job is I learned so much about natural health. Yeah, that, I love um, this. That I'm totally into it. Yeah. Grapeseed oil. Grapeseed oil. Yeah, it cooks better at higher temperatures because olive oil kind of gets uh, it gets bad when it gets cooked yeah. at high temperature. Do you, uh, what was I going to ask about grapeseed oil? The, the, the flavor of grapeseed oil. It, I, I really, I mean. Oh, you know what? They use grapeseed oil in a lot of the seaweed, like the dry oh, roasted do? seaweed. Oh, I didn't know grape that. Grapeseed oil is it's common good. there, I can't I really think. taste, like, I can taste when I use coconut oil, I can definitely taste a difference because yeah. that cooks well at high temperatures. Yeah. But grapeseed oil, I don't really taste a difference. And um, it's, you can get it like Trader Joe's for like four bucks or something. Fantastic. I know. What can't you get at Trader Joe's for four bucks? True. I wish I were sponsored by Trader Joe's. Every, it seems like every episode, there's some product or some like place that I'm like, God, it'd be great to get sponsors. And then I do absolutely nothing no. to ever try to solicit <laughs> any sponsors be a good one, though. It sure would. Listen, speaking of, let's get into some grocery prices right away. And this <laughs> leads right... I mean, this, this, this definitely speaks also to the nut conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, raw almond butter, which is the most delicious, yeah. at... Trader Joe's is like four or five dollars in a jar. It's like pretty much the same price, I think. And, and it I, might be a little bit more than the roasted. I assumed, I guess I assumed, I knew everything outside of Trader Joe's was more expensive anyway, like at Whole Foods and Gelson's or whatever. But I think I just assumed like, okay, well, the raw peanut butter or the raw almond butter will be a couple bucks more, you know, than the regular pe- almond butter at those places too. It was like $18. Yes! <laughs> I, I just looked. Like went to replenish the raw. Um, first of all, this is says terrible things about me as a as a, fina- a financier, as a as a person of finance. <laughs> but um, that I wouldn't look or pay attention to why like my grocery bills would be so expensive or whatever. Oh. But I just I, I was just like. 
Oh, not you, even you looking even at the eighteen dollar <laughs> organic Maranatha or whatever. Oh yeah, and it's like the same. They can get like the same brands at Trader Joe's sometimes. For like I, I couldn't believe it. I'm so ashamed. I can't tell you how many times I've spent eighteen dollars without realizing it. That just says bad things. It just all means around. that you really can't go anywhere else but Trader Joe's. You know, I guess not for your almond butter. Oh. I think it's the only place where it's cheap. Because once you go raw, it's hard to go back. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's just so you. delicious. And it's better for you. By the way, if, if anybody here is snoring, it's not me. It's this Yeah, dog. there's a... <laughs> the professor is, uh, a dog on made, my lap. A, made a quick home on your lap, for sure. <laughs> I thank you for your patience in that matter. No, I love it. Just, just in case you hear snoring, it's, I don't have like he a breathing problem. Very belabored <laughs> breathing. He definitely has very, very belabored breathing. Um, well, I love that that was a job that you had. That does sound like one of the better jobs that you could get yeah. hold of as you're sort of pursuing. Yeah, it was dream. good. I mean, uh, I didn't like it in certain ways because I wasn't. It was like a job where I'm going. I go eight to five. You know what I mean? I hated yeah. getting up in the morning every day and driving to Calabasas from Hollywood. Ooh, yeah. Um, but I mean, I learned so much that now you know it's like it's changed my life in certain ways as far as how I eat and. How I, you know, go to the doctor and stuff like that. Like I don't sure. go on antibiotics for things unless I need to. Yep. You know, all that stuff that I just I watched people get healthy without having to take medicine, and then or if they took medicine, things that could help them while they were on it. You know, naturally and stuff like that. And it was great. I That's felt like so you know, good. kind of a perfect job. And speaking of Calabasas, that is the location of Burning Love, I which know. is how you and I met. Yes, uh, on season countum three, three of Burning Love. Uh, what a total pleasure what oh is so much fun i had a blast on that freaking show it just goes by too fast i know i know it was, because you was have it, like two, two days to shoot 200 pages of I, dialogue which is a lot <laughs> and 85 million minutes of improv correct <laughs> correct no it oh was God. really fun i love burning love and by the way I you were great too. in the first season thank you so much mm-hmm. listen that was one of the first things you said to me i, I warmed to you immediately that was a <laughs> great way to introduce yourself to someone with a straight compliment well i had just get-go. watched it for the second time because i watched it when it came out but then when i got it i was like i should watch it again just to make sure that i know all the characters and i didn't know what, what i was in for so i watched it again and then saw you like right after so of course it was like fresh in my mind i'm oh, like oh my god it <laughs> was so much fun it was so much fun guys we went back to the same old mansion mm-hmm. don't worry you get all of the beautiful disgusting decor of that mansion that you might have enjoyed from oh, yeah. the first season it's so terrible it was we terrible. had so much fun there was a lot i don't think i've ever ruined more of other people's takes on working oh on God. anything in my life because you know, i can't not i can't keep a straight face i feel so like a different person and june says the same thing and you experience that like ken's like that that is one of those environments where you're just having so much fun all around mm-hmm. that I I'm t- I ruined everyone's takes. I did I too, and I'm so everything. glad that you said that because literally I left there thinking like, God, these people are all like way more professional than I am. I totally blew no. it because I was no. laughing so Everyone, Rob much. Hubel, every single person was, it was just difficult laughing. It was because so of the fun. amount of improv, I think, with so yeah. many good improvers yes. that... I mean, it's like going to a comedy show and not laughing. It's yeah. pretty much impossible. Yeah, how were you not supposed to laugh? Yeah. Especially with Michael Ian Black. Oh, he cracked me up. And he, but he oh, keeps painful. a straight face. See? I know. That's I part of it, and though. I'm like, I suck because that, look at him. That's part of it. That's part of it is that he is so serious that 
somehow that makes it worse. It I makes know. it harder to not laugh. If he would have laughed, it wouldn't have been as funny. The fact that he keeps a straight face and he gets oh. kind of like mad or something yes! makes it so yes, good. he's like the dad. He's <laughs> yes. like the disappointed dad who's disappointed totally. at you that you're breaking while he's being funny. So then you laugh more. And oh, then it's so like true. a whole cycle of just uh, ruining everything. But so true. We're having fun. So hopefully it comes off in the Oh, God, the guys. Show. I wish that you could see all of the footage of the things that come out of people's mouths. Like that day that we were doing the and I, can't, I don't want to give anything away, but we were doing a special competition oh, and yeah. my, we were out sitting outside and <laughs> Mike was talking about, you know, just like very cursory information is in the script, just like one this sentence or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts talking about this website where he's going to be, where, where his character has some things available for purchase. And, we were crying. We were laughing because you were so calling hard. him out. He would be like, "This website." And you're like, "What's the website?" Oh, yeah, we like and he had to improv it. He's begging to be challenged because he's the grumpy dad who can keep a straight face totally. while you're laughing. So then we just start prodding him to improvise more information, and all, everything he comes succeeded. Out of yeah, we're like waiting for him to crack or oh. fail in some way, and he doesn't. So Lord we laugh Lordy. more and ruin it. <laughs> yeah. God, what a joy. Something else I also found out while we were shooting uh, was that you're from the Southern California, San Diego area. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit more uh, about that. Remind me and uh, acquaint the listener. Oh, yeah. I'm from um, San Diego, like East County, South East County. It's uh, called La Mesa. Mm-hmm. in Rancho San Diego. It's, um, I went to Monta Vista High School. It's like a very small, small, you know, part of San Diego that most people don't really know about. And did it turn like, out that Ryan went to the yeah. same? Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Hansen is last name. Yeah. Ryan is from like the high school next to mine. Like we were rival high schools and he's like, oh. good, was friends with one of my best friends. I was in shock because we, there's, there's a community in San Diego in that part of San Diego really um, called uh, Chaldeans that that it's Iraqi people who are Catholic and they're very very common there and in Detroit and nobody knows what a Chaldean is in the entire country except for people in San Diego and people in Detroit so when I saw Ryan I was like oh my god I go and I started speaking to him in Chaldean because I know all these curse words in Chaldean because my best one of my best friends is Chaldean okay so I'm like Iraqis who are Catholic okay. Iraqis who are That's Catholic so specific yeah there used to be a place called Chaldea no longer exists kind of like Persia Persians are still per- right. Persia but there's no Persia anymore yeah it's like that. So I started speaking to him in Chaldean, cuss words only, that's all I know. Uh-huh. And I'm like, which is shit bitch on the street. And he comes back at me with more cuss words. No, he didn't. And I, he knew them too? It, it literally felt like we, we made this up and it was a sketch because it was a room full of people. And, and I go to him, I go, you're from San Diego. And we started, it started with just San Diego. Then it became La Mesa. Then it became, he went to Valhalla. I went to Monta Vista. And then I started speaking in Chaldean randomly. And he spoke back and it was like this whole oh, that's a sketch, SNL sure. sketch that people thought we made up. And I'm like, no, we literally just met and this is like the most amazing meeting I've ever had in my life and I will love Ryan oh, forever because of it. Moments, those oh, I moments. Those moments of connectedness. <laughs> like, and he, he's like married to somebody he went to school with who was also from San Diego and just like this totally small world to be. Because like, you know... Nick Cannon came from there too. He went to school with me. But other than that, like nobody goes to go become an actor or right. even in comedy or anything like that. And if they are, they're actually good at it. So to meet Ryan, who's like really talented, I'm like, where did you? Because like, they don't teach you this shit in San Diego. Right. You know what I right. mean? Like we don't. We, we're not taught to like grow up and go become an actor. It's right. like go be a doctor or lawyer or something normal. So to see him go pursue his dreams and then be successful and be so great i was just so happy to see that i agree wholeheartedly and so do you have brothers and sisters and are your folks still together or are they they're what are your folks still together no my my parents are not together we were were together throughout my whole childhood they they got divorced i don't know like 
seven years ago, eight, okay. six years ago, something like that. Um, and I have two brothers and a sister who are all in San Diego. Are they older or younger? Older brother, younger sister, and younger brother. Um, come from like a baseball family. So my, old, my dad was is in baseball. Like he's a Mariners uh, scout now. Oh, okay. And By the way, I just want to say that I thought that baseball family was almost like uh, an expression, like a nuclear <laughs> to, family. To me, or it like, feels uh, like it is. <laughs> yeah, I come from one of those baseball families. I was like, okay, baseball family. Uh, this that means the son is the oldest. Then there's a daughter. <laughs> like I was trying to make it. <laughs> well, you don't know what that means. Something. Come on, yeah. Come on, but really, it's literal. Okay, no, understood. yeah, like like brother played baseball. Like just all those guys, you know in the baseball world so grew up with sports and all that kind of stuff that's why this whole acting thing is so it's so weird to me that i did it and never talked about it once until i was like 17 and a half and then moved out here at 18 it's just so weird to me that i'm here now with you talking about all this stuff yeah which is your family sort of feel that way too like okay that was out of left field Uh oh that was a baseball reference baseball family nice oh, um i don't even try guys it's that was so good it's, it's just the improv skills that's what that, that was. must be it um i get yeah that when i first told them that i wanted to do it they were just like uh kind of you know like it was kind of a funny thing that i like they didn't think they really think i was probably gonna move to la at like right after high school and actually go do it um but they were all really supportive i mean it wasn't like they they i don't think they ever thought that i would actually go like like go make any money doing it because it seems so crazy yeah but they were super supportive from the beginning like my mom and my dad you know they they weren't against it but my mom's a flight attendant you know she she always she's like living her dreams and flying around the world and my dad you know was a baseball player so it's like they 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 come from people who followed their dreams so i don't think that it was too crazy for them to see me go this is my dream and then go do it even if it's a crazy thing and you said your dad's a mariner scout now yeah he cool. played baseball um when he was younger like with uh the, with the royals with um what's his name um george brett he i don't know if you know him he was uh, i don't he but i was done, totally prepared to nod and smile like yeah he, he he did that whole thing when he was younger and was really good and you know so coming from people that went and did that stuff they they were pretty cool with me following something crazy did you do did you play baseball and stuff or i played softball a little bit but not in high school i did swimming in high school oh i don't know why i got into i actually really hate swimming i like swimming in a pool but i hated being on the swim competitive swimming yeah yeah i don't know why because it's individual i loved volleyball but i was just not as good at it so i like as a sophomore i was on the freshman team but i loved it so much because it was a team sport so it'd be like you know you would call out if you're gonna get the ball and you were playing as a team yeah when in swimming i felt like i was competing against my other you know teammates like i wanted to get the i wanted to get the best 50 freestyle you know time right even on my team like i didn't care about everybody else it was like i just wanted the best time which yeah it's interesting you'd say that because uh, the only other swimmer i've had on the podcast that i can remember is mary lynn rice cub and she was talking about how it's like this sort of isolating sport She, she said the same thing she was like you know you're on a team but it's really just you yeah like in the quiet cold it's water quiet. like where you're not interacting with anyone and that yeah. there's not that much team spirit as there would be with like a really a less isolating sport no so that's sense. what i didn't like about it too because you know with volleyball it was like we're in this together if we lose it's together like swimming it's like if i mess up this relay like i messed it up you know what i mean yeah. or if 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 you win, you kind of win on your own. It was just very. I liked it because I, I was good at swimming. That was the one I was better at. Like yeah. I wasn't that great at volleyball. I was but okay I get it because volleyball really is the 
exact opposite. Like it might mm-hmm. be the most yep. team-ish because you're so close to each other. It's like yeah. even on a baseball field, you're you're a you're team, f- but like you're separated. You're super like in close quarters and really supporting each other with volleyball. Yeah, I loved it. I love being on team sports. So um, swimming was good. Was good. I, I basically just wanted to get my Letterman jacket in high school. Like that was my only goal. Was I just want to get my Letterman's jacket get a bar on it, which means that I've lettered twice and I don't care about anything else. Like that's the only thing I really cared about. It wasn't about sports. It was like, I just want to get my letterman's jacket. So I got it freshman year. I was, I was on JV swim, but I like got first in some relay or something that, that you got a letter for. I don't know why. So then the next year I did varsity, got my letter and I never did swimming again. Like that was it. I've Interesting. Yeah. You're very goal oriented. Yeah. I had my, my name on my jacket. It was like, I got the guy's jacket because I had a boyfriend in like 10th grade or 11th grade that wouldn't give me his letterman's jacket to wear. And I always thought that that's what guys were supposed to do is give you the letterman's jacket. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it for some reason. So I'm like, fine, fuck it. I'm gonna get my own letterman's oh, jacket. I, I love this sliver <laughs> so of feminism <laughs> of you being like, sisters are doing it for themselves. Listen, I got like I the man's jacket. jacket. It said my name on it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. Nerd. I could see myself doing that if I had been in any way interested in sports or it's weird because I loved riding my bike. I was definitely like, and I like taking dance and I, I wasn't like, you know, sluggish or, or, or <laughs> slovenly in any kind of a way when I was in high school, but I just had no interest in, I, I just had no interest in team sports. Well, you said you were goth in high yeah, school? Yeah, I mean, I guess I just thought it was too cool for it or there something. There was different but. groups. There was like the jock group and there was the goth group and there was the, you know, surfers, at, at least in San Diego. There's the skaters. There was like different groups. And then so. There's a big skate culture in San Diego, Huge, right? yeah. yeah. Skate, skaters the skaters and the, the skaters and the goths and the punks at my school kind of all blended, started to blend yeah, they, together a little bit. They kind of did in my school too. And then we yeah. had the cowboys. We had a whole group oh, of cowboys. Oh, cowboys. We had uh, you'd think groups. that I would have them in Tucson, Arizona, but I don't remember. Oh, that's cowboys. True. No, we had like a whole, it was like an 80s movie at my high school. If you looked at the groups, it was like, like very clear groups around, you know what I mean? The cheerleaders yeah. were in the center and they were all slutty. Just like, you know what I mean? Just Ugh. like cheerleaders. I'm afraid are. mine might've been too, but all due respect. I don't know if there are any of my, my school's former cheerleaders listening to this podcast. I would guarantee there aren't, but oh, I don't want to um, suggest. And we've had plenty, are, of, but- p- plenty of cheerleaders on the, on the podcast who uh, were not slutty. Um, but uh, <laughs> at my school, there was different... probably a few that weren't, but there were definitely yeah. those, those that were. And I'll, yeah. I'll leave that to them to figure out You'll if they're leave. listening, which ones. <laughs> <laughs> you go look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself who you were in high school, ladies. Um, but you, so, okay, so you're sort of part of the the athletic yeah friendly i'm just throwing to now i'm now i'm throwing other in the, adjectives like, jockey in group. with it yeah mm-hmm. the jockey group and you had a boyfriend who would not give you his jacket boyfriend only for a little for while i was like i was somebody who for, like i always wanted boyfriends and then just didn't like i didn't really get uh popular or anything like that maybe a little bit like in 11th grade but up until then was nothing so this boyfriend was like a big deal you know what i mean yeah and the thing was when i got this boyfriend i really liked his friend at the beginning and um like love was in love with his friend and oh. didn't know him didn't know the boyfriend yet yeah. like was in love with his friend and then my friend and i um my, my a girlfriend of mine she's like you know uh, he told me that he had a dream about me but don't worry i'd never go for him cut to like four days later their boyfriend and girlfriend so they kind of like introduced me to this guy to get me kind of happier because they knew that they had just destroyed me oh, by no. going together and um so i ended up with this guy but um you know, it was kind of like a, like I, I did end up like loving him and stuff. And he was like, 
good boyfriend for a while, but it was definitely like, oh man, I can never get these guys. Yeah. That's a little rough. Did that guy have any sense? Like, did he know that you used to have a huge crush on his friend? I think so, but I don't know. I don't know if he like, yeah, I think so. But that um, feels hard. That was, that was like, that's gotta be that must suck. But I don't know for oh, sure. She settled for me. Hooray. <laughs> I'll be right. damned if I'm gonna let her wear my jacket. By the way, looking back, the guy that I, the boyfriend guy was like way not to, yeah. no no offense to the other guy was yeah. way hotter and like 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 totally cool guy. You know what yeah. I mean? The other guy was a little cocky. It's interesting that like it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to put your finger on why because at that age you're sort of like. It's it's I I think so many so many girls at least so many women who've done this podcast admit to sort of you know being at the age where the hormones are going crazy and and you kind of don't even know why you like someone I mean at the time yeah. it seems like it makes sense but I look back on some of the people that I decided to have crushes on essentially and in some ways it's it's kind of hard for me to identify what it was about them yeah, that too. I could, you know, I could have picked someone more conventional or I could have picked someone who was nicer to me or I could have picked someone who was meaner to me. I mean, yeah. I don't It's not even like, Oh, she only liked the guys who were mean to her. or Oh, she only liked, there would be like a weird nerdy guy that I would just decide I had a huge crush on that, you know, I can say, well, yeah, because he was smart and funny or whatever, but it doesn't necessarily fall in line with the other series of crushes I had. Like, I just feel like our totally. hormones are all over the place, and who knows why know. we sort of light on, you know, we're fl- flittering around, and then we light on someone, and then that's really important for a while. And really crushes are important. different than dating, too, right? I mean, it's almost like sometimes you you have crushes on people that you you know you can't you're probably never going to go out with and that's sort of yeah. the purpose of it like you know above yeah. and beyond even teachers but just like because i did have a crush on a teacher did but, you? oh i totally did really i've talked about it on the podcast before but i had a crush on my science teacher <laughs> mr Matz. i just loved him and anybody who uh went to my high school who listens to this podcast is i'm sure laughs every time i bring that up because mr Matz is i mean he's super i think he's adorable he's i mean i think he's totally cute he was like staunch republican though and i was like a bleeding heart liberal and um he's bald and he's he ended up marrying one of the other teachers of the school and they have two adopted kids and they're they have a great life together and you know i wish them well there's no part of me that's like listen i should have ended up with mr Matz. but um but i think i just loved he was a science teacher and he made science so fun and so exciting and interesting and he had this he was very sarcastic and he had like a temper, but he also engaged the students like in a very respectful way still. Like he sort of treated us like equals and I just was crazy about him. And I loved going to class because he was the teacher and I was not necessarily a good st- a science student, but I, I wanted to be better because of him. Oh. And so I think there was, a, you know, there's all those different elements kind of playing into it's it. Kind of good but, actually. Yeah. yeah. But the, but the, but what I, I think I have said on this podcast before is that my dad had like, my dad taught at my this high school that I went to and he had a party with um where he invited it was sort of an open house where he was like you haven't seen my daughter in a while I'm real proud of her like I'm gonna have all my friends over and he invited a couple of my old teachers that he used to teach with and they came and Mr. Matt showed up and I opened the door this is like when I was maybe I don't know I'm gonna say it was like four years ago something like that yeah um and I opened the front door and he was standing there and I was like, yep, I totally still have a crush on him. Really? Like, it's still there. There's no part of me that's like, oh, Janet, like little teenage Janet, you silly heart. Mr. I was like, Matt's no, I, yeah, like I'm totally still the into real Mr. crush Matt's. of your life. <laughs> I, I mean, he was one of them, but I had so many, right? And didn't you? I mean, yeah. there were just so many. I had so many crushes, but yeah, 
looking back on, I think, majority of mine, I'm like, what? Not what was I thinking? Because it wasn't like they weren't cute or anything, because they were cute, but just like so different from the type of person that I'm attracted to now. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them were cocky, I noticed, like in high school. You know what I mean? Like now they're different because they're adults and they've grown up. But in high school, looking back, like they were real cocky guys that would have, you know, never really gone for me. You know what I mean? So it was like, uh, interesting. Maybe there's something about that. Again, like the idea of making safe choices of who to have a crush on because maybe you're picking people that you know it doesn't have to ever become real yeah sort of not just you but i mean in general that that's part of the crush process right is like picking somebody that maybe it can't really ever develop into anything because it's not supposed to because it's about you understanding your feelings and yourself and sort of having those fantasies rather than like dealing with the reality of like i'm in a dark room with this person he's going to want to do xyz to me am i ready and I really didn't have boyfriends then, you know what I mean? Like, so, so I, I probably wasn't really ready for, you know what I mean? If that, if that guy that I like really liked me back, I don't know how I would have handled it, right. <laughs> you know? Now, this, this feels like as good a time as any for me to look over at a couple of things that you brought with you because I'm just wondering, yeah, if we maybe want to pick one, uh, to pepper throughout the podcast because they, there are some beautiful bubbly letter, bubbly writing, um, Bubbly writing, but I'm a sad, sad human being in high school looking back. It's so. (laughs) Do you want, if you want to read one, I more than invite you and then we can talk about what you wrote. Okay. Um, Are these letters that you wrote to other people that they gave back to you or they let, like, how do you. My friend Sandy and I, um, who I'm still really good friends with, um, we, we, we had this notebook that we would, we shared a locker. So I would write a note in, in the notebook and then I would put it in the locker and then she would take it. it and write a note and put it in the locker. Well, I kept this this i've kept like every letter it's so weird i have this box full of letters from high school do you i do i i recently went through them all and i was like i'm so sad you know what i mean because because you are so honest in these letters you're just like blah 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 i mean most of it's just crap that you're writing like what are you doing today i need to ride home from school and blah 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 right but um but some of them i'm like i'm really saying how i feel and then the next sentence is me going you know i'm saying how how no guys like me and and, and you're so pretty and all the guys like you and da, da. but i'm doing fine everything's great and, and i'm like god i'm still like that like i still oh. if i'm having a bad day i'll like put a band-aid over it and sure. and and, and convince myself that everything's okay when sometimes it's not and i'm and i was reading and i'm like oh that's something that maybe i should look at you know <laughs> i should have let myself really process the feelings instead of being like anyway <laughs> yeah totally, yeah, I totally exactly get that. so i totally get that i actually am really glad that i kept all these letters because of that reason absolutely um but okay so let's see let me see if i can find one of these ones that um oh this is the one actually that i'm that i'm speaking of i'll okay, just good. read you it. this letter Okay, so the guy that I was like in love with, his name is Jeff, um, who's still a friend of mine now, but that's the one who I was in love with who never liked me back and like liked my friend. Um, but this isn't Alicia. Sandy who ended up. Okay, yeah. No, Alicia ended up with him. Um, and Alicia's still a good friend of mine too. Yeah. It wasn't like she did it like in a mean way, but I have a letter from her. Listen, they tried friend. to make it up to you by setting you up with a guy you ended up Yeah, she did. She, you know, she liked She people. fell in love with him. He fell in love with her. What are you going to yeah. do? Um, okay, so this is, from, this is to Sandy. And it's, most of my letters are me saying how, yes, I still like Jeff. Oh. And her writing back going, can you please write me something that's not about Jeff? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> so, okay, I say, Sandy, I said, hey, what's going on? Sorry I kept this so long at my house so you couldn't write back. I said, WB, of course. So how are you and Jay doing? Good. 
Um, that's good. You two are going to sweethearts. I want to go, but if I don't get asked, then how can I? That's okay. The thing that turns me off about Jeff is turns me yeah off about Jeff is not that he's too nice or too mean or too ugly or too perfect. It's that he doesn't like me. I hate it. Whenever I like someone, they never like me back. Troy is being stupid. Another guy that I liked as well. He tells me that he's going to dump Audrey and go for Dawn or me. Then I see him holding her hand today. Life's great, but not (laughs) (laughs) but not right now. I laughed too soon. Um, That's okay. I'm not down at all, underlined, at all. I'm feeling pretty good. Anyways, how far did you go with Jay uh, when he was at your sister's? Did you go farther than the last time? Um, Right back in details, okay? Love you. Call me if you can. P.S. Are you giving me a ride today? Love it. Oh, my God. That is gorgeous. I love it. It is. It's like, this is wrong. This that hurts my feelings. This isn't great. I don't know how I'm going to go to this dance, but I'm good. (laughs) Real good. Underline Underline at all. I'm doing it. It's so sad because I'm I'm obviously not great. But um, I love love ya, Carly. I love that like you guys did this all the time and you still signed like that. It was from you. I know know what I mean. You guys shared a locker. You shared a notebook. It's pretty clear who the letter's coming from. But like it's still like formally signed off at the end. You know, every single one of them is too. And all of them say like BFF. I mean, Sandy to this day is one of my best friends. Like I love her to death. So it's so funny to go through these and see Mm. her her writing back is always so funny. Like, yeah, go to sweetheart. It's going to be great. Can't give you a ride today. But like, you know, she's the happiest person ever. Oh, bless. The best thing is I got a letter from, um, from the girl that went out with with Jeff, Alicia, she's who also yeah. is a good friend of mine. But she writes me this letter. Her and Jeff went on this vacation together. Oh, and this is the letter that I got. Oh. Like she really wanted me to. Did you always move on. still kind of harbor little feelings about him? Totally. Like every time we hung your- out, I was like oh. heartbroken. Oh. So she says, Carly. So what have you been up to? Jeff and I are having lots of fun. We have gone to Great America, been on a plane together, went to the water slides, got a lot of souvenirs, <laughs> gone swimming, played poker and pool, saw fireworks together, went to Family Fun Center, another water slide place this virtual reality jet thing gone out to eat parties i will tell you the details when i get home saturday <laughs> afternoon i will call you i hope you are having a lot of fun love always alicia <laughs> oh my god she just sent you a laundry list of all the things that they've done together oh my god just want to let you know we're still very happy so you should like all this idea love ya like we're on vacation and not only are we on vacation together which is already like a fucking knife in the heart <sighs> but these are all the awesome things that oh we're doing when you're god. a kid doing all those things is like amazing like water slides and virtual reality and whatever so when I read that, I was like, oh my God. I've since then told Alicia this. She feels awful. Yeah. Because we're kids. Did she say, like, I guess I kind of did want you to, I'm like, have you talked about it in that much honesty where she said, no. I guess I kind of wanted you to, like, know how happy we were. She did not say that, but she, she feels awful. I mean, she was going, she had a lot she was going through as a teenager herself that, you know, like her dad died when she was in high school and stuff like that. And that's a lot to deal with as a teenager. So, you know, all the things that are in these letters, like, like that we were feeling, we were all going through stuff. So it was, you know, and we're all going, having all these hormones and whatever and figuring out who the hell we are and stuff. So it's just, it's just so great to, to have these and look back to see what was really going on in our heads. Like I'm sure that her writing that was whatever she was going through in her life. You know what I mean? I, I think she wrote it to like, we're really happy. I hope you're happy too. I really think she yeah. meant like, I hope you and, and too. And too, like, I feel like there, there were one of the reasons that we would write so much, at least in my life. When I look back at like 
letter, a letter to a girlfriend was as much a journal entry as anything else. It was like, 100%. I want to remember that this happened. I'm just like outlining what my day's been like and stuff. And mm-hmm. it is a sort of way of just like getting something on paper that, that you did. And, and, and I don't know, maybe she didn't write that anywhere else, but she was just like, I need to tell, like, totally. I want to remember all the great things we did together. I'll turn it into a letter to Carly. Totally. Maybe every every letter that. is like that. It's like, you know, it's a journal entry, 100%. Yeah. And I love that we were, because now if I wrote a letter, I wouldn't be that free and open yeah. and not really, you know, be filtering it like we didn't then. I mean, we were misspelling everything because you're not thinking. You're just like, you know, free association writing. You're just like, blah, 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 and then send it, you know, yeah. which is great because now we have emails and we have we just check it over four times before we send it. And you know what I mean? But it's don't so you think the opposite's true too, where people do things quickly and don't realize that they live forever in a different way on the internet? Like, oh, that's true. And then they have the iChat or, you know, those chats. Yeah things where they write i saw my my friend sitting next to my friend and she was i i don't do the instant messaging because i i just wouldn't be able to be on my computer and have people beep beep you know like i know constantly. and she was on it her fingers were just blah, 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 pressing enter before she would read it i don't i mean she would i mean i'm sure there's got to be misspellings and just the yeah. wrong word here she didn't care that was like that's how that world works so it's probably actually worse in a way yeah i'm just not in that world yeah i reread my emails about four times before I yeah them. yeah <laughs> understood and there's something different about there is something and we've talked about this on the podcast before but there's something different about typing typing something and the 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 way your emotions play into like the when you're typing something sometimes it's just harder to express emotion in the same way as when you're just like organically writing it down on a piece of paper yeah but you know kids don't even learn cursive anymore like most kids don't even read cursive uh, oh really what i'm understanding yeah that's weird where cursive is just sort of like a dying art like it's just print and typing I remember being in school and cursive being really hard for me in the beginning. They, like I failed the first like cursive test. So good for the kids. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to miss it. I don't remember <laughs> having a relationship to cursive in any way. So it must have been easy for me. Yeah. Because it probably just... Do you have really I good writing now? It's okay. I think there was a period of time where like I look at the evolution of my writing and it is so clear to me that I am just taking on the writing style of whoever I was looking up to at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, there That's were periods true. of time when I like totally I think my, I wanted my writing to look like my mom. So my mm-hmm. mom's really, like, really nice handwriting. And then I think I, just, I had friends who had like their hand was like a little kooky in some way. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, or like I was going look out with like, someone who was very flowery yeah. <laughs> and very like hippie kind of like totally romantic-y sort of writing. And I, I feel like you could trace like, oh, this is who this person, this this friend of Janet's had a huge influence on her at this time in her life because her handwriting changed. 100%. And it more like if you look person's. at this, you'll see that my writing is trying to be like Sandy's. I was always trying to be like Sandy. Sandy was like so perfect. Still is. and But it's never quite as good. Sandy's really good at like drawing and stuff. So I would try to draw on mine. So I probably... Now I think I just write how I write. Yeah. But I think a lot of it was... Yeah, now my handwriting is just like amalgamation of all of those different people's and Totally. Mushing up into one <laughs> And then of, com- combined with like the laziness of me writing, actually having to write something down. So. And plus my hand literally gets tired now. Because I don't write handwrite anymore. Me too. That's what I'm talking about. And there's no more cursive. I guess so. But what you were saying earlier about... Um, about this the idea of like being in the social kind of trapped in the social environment where you have this crush on someone mm-hmm. and then someone else ends up with them and then you're still subjected to seeing that all the time and i was trying yeah. to think about that in our adult lives by and large we don't we're not trapped in that way anymore right i mean if you're in a relationship with someone or you're you're not in a relationship but you want to be in a relationship with someone and then they end up with someone else i don't know i feel like it's less 
it feels like there's more options to sort of escape that feeling and escape the totally. exposure to that couple in a way right. that in high school you're just you're stuck like i guess it would it. be kind of like i think maybe like dexter on his show he was married to uh, mm-hmm. his sister on there and now they have to they're forced to still be Great hanging point. out and stuff i guess in those situations it would be kind of similar yeah but other than that like you can you're an adult and you can do whatever yeah, you someone want at work you're right if you're dating if you end up dating i guess that's a good reason why not to date someone that you work with yeah exactly um i know but yeah other than that no now and now i express myself a lot more like if i'm feeling something I will express it to people when I wouldn't before. Like I, all these letters are to Sandy, not to Alicia. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, I wasn't expressing to her how I felt to her. I was saying, I'm really happy. There's like letters where I'm like, I'm really happy for them and da da da. But that wasn't really how I was feeling, you know, now, um, you know, I've grown up and learned how to communicate better and will express how I'm feeling. If I'm sad about something, I'll say it and then we'll deal with it. And you know, so it's totally different than it was in high school, which is good. That's huge. It's, I wonder, but unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people don't, still don't really know how to do that necessarily. Yeah. I, and I think through relationships that I've had since I've moved to LA and, and, you know, turned 18 and everything, relationships that I've had really helped me every, t- every time, like, you know, communicate better. Like I learned through each one. And I've, I love that you said that, like, you just turned 18. <laughs> since i turned Happy 18 birthday. last last uh, <laughs> last week <laughs> since i turned 18 a long time you. ago yeah yeah did no, you I, go where did you go did you go to college or did you come up here to a little bit i, I t- like turned eight it's a really cheesy story like i saw titanic because it came out when i was 17 oh, i love this <clears throat> saw titanic in the theater at 17 and a half in december of you know 1997 fantastic saw that and was like crying like crazy I don't know which time out of the ninth time, the other nine times that I saw it, that I decided that I wanted to go be an actress, but it was during that movie. And I know which part. It was when they're on the little thing and he's dying and I was crying. <laughs> and she's like, I'll never let go. And I'm crying so much. And I realized in that moment, I was like, this is super cheesy. But I realized in that moment, I was like, these two people are not really in a relationship. He's not really dying. And I'm bawling right now. And I've seen this nine times and I was like, I want to do that. Like, it's so amazing that we're all here, like, sharing these emotions that are not coming from something real. Yeah. Like, I wasn't crying because the, the ship sank necessarily. I mean, that was all very dramatic and sad, and I know that really happened. Really, What I was really emotional about was the relationship with these, with these two people that don't exist, you know? And yeah. something about that, like, like, got me, where I was like, I would love to be able to do that. Never thought about it a day before that. Not once. Like, before that, Isn't they were like, what do you want to be? And I was something. like, I don't know, maybe a lawyer. <laughs> so- Isn't that something? That's pretty unique, I think. I mean, I think a lot of the girls that I've had who've been actors, like, it's either been in them for a long time, or they were very, you know, they felt, like, really out of place in high school, and they kind of discovered the community of theater, and that had a, a big part, too, in their sort of love of it, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, there was I no love theater. the simplicity of just, like... The epiphany that you had, really, yeah, really was. And then I joined some acting class. Like I said, Nick Cannon went to school with me, Uh and he was always into that world a little bit. Not acting necessarily, but he was like in music and stuff like that. And he he wasn't always at school. And I I just went to him because I was like, he's the only person that I know that would know anything about this world because everybody else would think I was crazy to say that. Like he's, I think, the only person I said out loud to at that point. And he um, told me to go to this acting class in San Diego. So I started this like acting class 
that um, I don't even know what they were teaching. I just remember they were, it was really weird. Like I had to go on stage and they'd be like, close your eyes and imagine that there's a sun inside you and it's beaming out of your fingertips and it's going oh, up. Whatever. Like, you know, that sounds like a good meditation exercise. Totally. Now, yeah, now I'd yeah, be a lot more into it than then. Like yeah. I was so like I was doing sports and stuff. I was not in that world at all. So it was like this whole other thing that I was doing. And I'd come home and talk to my family about it. And they were just, I remember they were kind of laugh at me when I would tell them what we were doing in class because it's silly if you're not in that world. I mean, yeah. to us, it sounds It's an easy normal. thing to make fun of. It's like an easy thing to be, to have change your life and be amazing and sort of yeah. a strange window into this like whole creative process and emotional process. And it's also a very easy thing to make fun of. Totally. I mean, if you read my yearbook, because that was the last six months of school, so of high school, if you read my yearbook, it was all people, I started talking about it a lot. Like I was then, then, my friend Alicia and I were going to move to LA because her mom was going to um, move to LA randomly. And she's like, you should go to LA to be an actress. Cause I never thought of that. And I was like, yeah, that's what I should do. Like, Cause you know, this is all new. So I didn't even moving to LA wasn't even something that I had gotten to yet. I was just like, I'm going to be an actor and, and do it from San Diego. So when she said that, I said, that's definitely a good thing. And then she ended up not moving to LA, but I was so stuck on it that I, I was, that's what I was doing. So I was going to leave high school. Everybody else was concentrating on college and everything. And for some reason, the entire time I was in high school, my brother and I talk about this, like we were never uh, that big on, we never were, were, were stressed and all those things about college for some reason. I don't know if it's because my parents, like I said, were, were dreamers and lived their dreams and were happy, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and made a success. And, and they, they both, my dad got a scholarship to college. My mom, you know, paid for her own, the bit that she went. And so it wasn't like my parents were going to pay for my college. I didn't know. It was never really talked about. Yeah. So yeah I mean, that's the thing. So if it's not a conversation at home, it just, I don't think it was because yeah. my brother and I both said like, we both took the PSATs. Neither one of us took the SATs, which is so strange because it was such a big deal. Oh, you school. never took the SATs? I don't think so. No. I wow. Don't. I don't think I know any. I mean, I'm sure I know people who didn't, but like, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anybody I'm aware of not I know. having taken the SATs. Then looking back, I'm like, that's so weird because I look at kids now and like when they're in high school, that's all you talk about. I is. thought I had to. I don't even remember being a choice. I don't think we, I remember taking the PSATs. Yeah. I don't think I took the SATs. I don't remember taking them. So, but I do remember taking the PSATs. So that's why I think it's, it's true because I would remember it's be, being that stressed out and everything. Sure. Now it was like, I knew what I wanted to do at that point. Like came up here. I did look at college. Like I came up here and I went to like a community college for a little while. I went mm-hmm. to Santa Monica college, community college. And, um, you know, just from that moment on, like knew what I wanted to do and made it a thing and just never looked back. Like I moved out in August. I graduated in June. So, you know, and it took nine years before I made any money. But, you know, those nine years were all, I was completely just, you know, like I, I, it's so strange to me that I never thought of it once. Reading these letters, I wasn't the most secure person in the world. Yeah. To like go do something like this yeah. is so weird. Real, I mean, talk about getting bitten by the bug. When people bitten say you got bug. bit by the acting bug. Totally. It really, that really happened to you. It really did. Yeah. It was, it's just, cause I, it's not like I knew anybody, you know what I mean? So it's just looking back, I think it's the weirdest thing that I went for it and went for it for so long. And yeah, I guess that's the next piece of it to, to your point is that to sort of have this moment where like, and the next day you wanted to be an actor and then you took the classes in San Diego but then you came here that you had the tenacity to hang on to it instead of just kind of deciding like well I this wasn't that important to me a year ago so maybe it doesn't need to be that important to me now yeah it became like my life it's it's so strange so I came up here and and I moved up with a friend who moved up back two years later and I still stayed you know and just started taking class at like Second City and you know because everybody that I was meeting 
was in the comedy world, it seemed like. And I came up here to be in like Titanic 2 or something. You know, like I didn't, I was yeah, not you into wanted comedy. wanted to make people cry. I did. I really did. I was not coming here to do comedy and um, fell into the world of comedy just through the people that I was meeting. Like I was waitressing at the time and um, like Bernie Brillstein would come in a lot, uh, Brillstein Gray. Um, and I started waiting on his table and getting to know him and like everybody else from Brillstein. And I was like, I'm going to do a show. Like, you know, actually this guy, Jeffrey Ross, who's a comedian. Sure, sure. Who was with a client of Bernie at the time, used to come in all the time. And he and I was telling him about Second City, this class that I'm in, and all the people are so funny. And, you know, because I got into that through advice from somebody else. I just said, go to Second City. That's what you should That's do. That's what I, I would like, tell people is at least take a class, whether it's from I UCB or from Second City. Yeah. Improv, like it changed, it changed my career. Yeah. So I did that and I realized how funny everybody was. And I was like, I'm kind of funny, I guess, you know, which I never thought. And so he's like, you should do a show. And I said, That's a great idea. And so I invite, I went to Bernie and I was like, If I did a show, would you come to my show? And he said, absolutely. There's not a lot of like cute girls that are funny. I was 21 at the time. Yeah. And uh, maybe 20, you know what I mean? And he's like, there's not a lot of cute girls that are funny. So you should totally do that. I would definitely come. So we wrote this show. I've never done a show, by the way. I never had done like a play, never written anything in my life. But I was really determined to like surround myself with really talented people. And then maybe I would fool people that I was really talented too. <laughs> so I surrounded myself. But I was also, I really wanted to write something. So I wrote something which I was scared to death to like give so to the other people. It's scary in a very different way. It was to me really than scary. anything else. Writing, it's just very hard. But I was like, I wanted, I wa- I'm a control freak. And I was like, that's a way to get control is writing. You know what I mean? And I produced this little thing that we did so you know i did whatever rent the rent the theater and get the group together that's producing it you know like it wasn't that difficult but we put up the show and bernie came um and it was the most amazing thing because everybody was like bernie brillstein's here that is amazing that is amazing and i will say it's amazing because i never waited tables or anything and i that's just not the 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 world that I did for like, you know, part-time jobs or putting myself through school, it was always retail stuff. And I remember feeling a sense of like, there is something sort of, I don't want to say cliche, but there is something that's very Hollywood fairy tale-y about that just because, you know, waiters, there's like this, and I'm speaking again of someone who is not, was not a part of that community. So I don't know, but I feel like there's a sort of cliche about, about working in Hollywood that like, if you're lucky that you the, like, like that, that a person wants what happened to you to happen to them, but it's very unusual Yeah, that you, that you wait tables and you're at a restaurant and you're sort of hoping that someone will see past the fact that you're waiting tables and that you are an actor and that that's a good you know schedule for flexibility for right. auditioning and stuff, <clears throat> but that you might be waiting on someone who, who is just going to see you as, as, as a service person. They're not, right. gonna, they're going to see you as somebody who has not succeeded as an actor opposed totally. to the experience that you had with someone who was like, I totally get that this is, these are the steps that you take to get somewhere. And I, and that your personality shone through and that he took the time to come see it. I mean, that really is a little bit of a, well, I did tale. force it a little bit because <laughs> I, I picked the place where I was working. It was totally okay. slow there. I did not make a lot of money. But I picked that place because it was near William Morris, Bilston Gray. That's so smart. You know what I mean? All these different places. That's the only reason I worked that's there. That's really smart. I don't. Uh, I didn't make any money. I it was. Like, I worked lunches because that's when they would come in, and I was a nanny on the side. That's where I made my money is through being a nanny. So I was a nanny on the side, and then I would take this job really just to meet people. That was the only reason I was really there. Like, and so when Bernie would come in, it was so slow that sometimes I would even sit down and eat with them. Like he'd that's be like, "So sit down, smart." You know? 
That's so, so smart. It was like, and I did that for a long time before he came to my show. And I, the first time I ever approached him was he was actually with Jeffrey Ross and Jeff had gone to the bathroom or something like that. And Bernie was just standing there waiting. And I went over to him and I didn't know who he was, by the way, the, the manager of the restaurant. I went to him. He used to work in the industry. And um, I said, I'm so frustrated. I've been here for a few years and nothing's happening. And I feel like I'm working hard. And I don't really know what, what direction to go. I'm kind of hitting my head against the wall. And he's like, well, look around. you know, Because I knew that those people came in, but I didn't know who those right, people were. Right. And he's like, Bernie Brillstein's here. And I'm like, who's Bernie Brillstein? And he's like, you need to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I look it up and he's this, huge manager yeah, who huge. started SNL with Lauren Michaels and yeah. Jim Henson and Gilda Radner and John Belushi and all these people. I mean, he's amazing, yeah. you know? So I, once I knew that, then it was like, okay, that's somebody that I need to pay more that's attention so attention to. So when he, when Jeff went to the bathroom, Bernie was standing there. I went over to him and I said, you know, I know that I'm a waitress and so, which obviously means I'm an actress. So I said, uh, I'm really hitting my head against a wall and I would love to get advice from somebody like you who's been in the business for so long and any way that you could give me an advice, I would love it. And instead of saying like, hey, give me a job or something like that, I, would, I really just wanted his advice. And he's like, yeah, send me your headshot or you know, call my office. So I called his office and I talked to his assistant and I said, um, this is Carly Craig and I'm calling to set up a meeting with Bernie Brillstein. And she's like, uh, hold on. Puts me on hold, comes back, sets up a meeting with Bernie Brillstein. I go there. We have a 45 minute meeting where he became my mentor and so for six years I would do that like I would set up these meetings like three four times a year he gave me his book like signed signed his book for me I read his book it's amazing he met my mom who's a flight attendant um on the plane she had read his book and he was a very large man and, yeah. and he always talked about in his book he talked about how it was embarrassing to you know have the seatbelt extenders to ask for them or whatever right. so my mom got him one after she read the book and sent it to him and then they later met on the plane oh. and like he just became like like my like an la you know father to me almost like yeah. a mentor who would give me advice and and he was amazing and so for six years i did that i would put on shows because i thought okay i do one show people are going to come amazing Next now i made it know, not yeah. even no it was like i did the one show they're like great what else do you got right. you know and so then i did another show and another and i just kept doing that for six years and then i started adding into that like plays you know where i wanted to do the dramatic work i was just doing everything yeah all i was doing was shows and just producing them all myself and so then eventually I did this one where I wrote, I wrote a song and it was like a naively disturbing song. And the first song I wrote was called the daddy song, which is about this girl who's in love with her father who molested her as a child. And it's the happiest song ever, you know, and it's to a bunch of kids at a birthday party. And that was like, we did <laughs> that it. in the show. And that was like the beginning. Bernie was like, do more of that. And this, this guy from Brillstein came to my show and he wanted to rep me. And it was the first time after six years, like my only goal in those six mm. years was to get rep by Brillstein Gray. Yeah. And so I got this meeting with Bernie and this guy and they, we decided to work as a team. And, and after six years, I finally was like a client with Brillstein Gray with Bernie as my freaking manager. Six years. That, I, what a great story. God. It was crazy. So it was inspiring. a lot of, it was a lot of like, just cause he kept telling me, um, you know, every time I would meet with him, everybody, because everybody that like my dad would be like, if, if Bernie, if, because he totally like loved me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, like I said, he was like a mentor to me and obviously he really, th he thought I was talented or something, you know, he yeah. saw something, 
But, you know, my dad was like, well, why can't he just, because they produce all kinds of movies, why can't he just, like, put you in a movie? Like, he says, you know, when it's, when it's, keep doing what you're doing, you're kid. Ready. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what he yeah. would say. Keep doing what you're doing. Be patient. That's what he wrote in the book. Like, yeah. be patient. Don't worry or something like that. Like, basically calm down, you know, and when it's the right time. And because of that, because I didn't get any big breaks early on, I was forced to write a lot. Yeah. Which now, I'm, I'm, I love writing. Like, now I feel like that's the thing that, that that's gotten me through because acting is awesome but it's difficult because you don't have any control you're waiting for a yes or you know you're waiting for for somebody to give you an opportunity with writing i i can create my own schedule and i can create my own things and so i started creating a lot and that actually ended up getting me jobs like my i signed with brillstein after i wrote three more songs and made them into music videos they then signed me and um i went in to audition for role models and that was the first job that i got and that was like because of these videos that I wrote that stemmed from all the way back, you know, six years of having to do all that stuff. Right. I would have never done any of that. I never thought I was a writer. I never thought I was a comedian, you know. Yeah. So I was sort of forced into it in a way by the people that I was meeting and I was just riding that wave. And now yeah. it's something that means so much. I love comedy and, you know, I'm so happy that this is what I'm doing and being on a show like Burning Love at the end, like when I was there, yeah. and I was just like, God, these are the people that, you know, like Michael Ian Black and all those guys, I watched them on the state and stuff. You know, these are people that I looked up to and here I am working with them now. It's just, you know. But the patience, that I, that, I love the story and I love the fact that, I don't know, the patience piece is so huge, not just for what we do, but just... In life, it's so hard to learn patience. Talk about yeah. like a learned experience of, I mean, some people have an upbringing that sort of dictates that more, you know, if they have parents who really, really like made that a, a, a big piece of their upbringing. Yeah. But I don't feel like, I don't feel like it was like, I don't remember patience as being, and my dad sometimes listens to the podcast, he could end up completely art, you know, ardently disagreeing with me, but I don't remember patience as a huge lesson for me, not to say that in any way I was spoiled that I just got whatever I wanted or anything like that, but I don't remember really having it like drilled into me that like you have to be patient about things. Yeah. I think that I was an impatient kid and I sort of stayed impatient up through I when I became, and though. I am still very impatient Yeah, and you have to understand that it's a, that patience is like a, an exercise yeah. it's not just like a state of being it's not just like listen i'm patient yeah for so many of us it's like you better be working on how to be graceful and being patient right. as much or more than pretty much any other work you're doing yeah and for me yeah totally because i i thought you know like i said i do this show and that's it you know but it's the, the patience that i learned is like in that time that that i'm i'm having to be learning and all those things i have to be working my ass off in order for anybody to give a shit like bernie wouldn't have kept meeting with me wouldn't if i didn't set up you know like i was calling and, and doing that or i was putting on these shows that's the only reason that i think he remained interested it's like god this kid's you know keeps going yeah after six years it's like, <laughs> you know so and then eventually found my niche like i before that it was all funny shows and everything but it wasn't i wasn't quite finding my niche and my my niche ended up being the things that the things that i was writing which yeah. which never was in my head before that that's so that's a really great thing for anybody who's you know especially well, anybody who's listening to this podcast who's you know i have a lot of of male listeners also but for those of us who feel like we are like i said earlier that writing is is hard and it's intimidating in maybe a different way for people really intimidating. um that uh that there really is something to be said for being able to find your voice in that way and just having the 
the cojones to to go, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to do this because I don't want to wait for somebody else to tell me what my, you know, creative outlet can be, i.e. waiting to book a job or whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, I remember that when I wrote the song, I was like, I called my dad first because it was like that song about the dad. It wasn't about no, my dad, dad. I just want to be real. Clear. I just like I just want you to know that I wrote because you know I've never done anything like that before, and and I was like, and of course it's not none of my songs are real. They're all naively disturbing. Naive meaning that my character doesn't even know that what I'm saying right. is wrong. Right to me, I do it's love the that. happiest thing in the world, or it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. You know, so all the songs are a little bit naively disturbing. It's mm-hmm. the worst thing you could think about, but singing it in in a way that's not. I love that. That's right thing. at my alley for sure. Okay, <laughs> so that 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 became the niche but like at the beginning i was like i'm singing about child molestation this is right. what am i doing you know what right. i mean so i called my dad and sang to him who did not think it was funny by the way he didn't think it was funny it's though. probably a hard thing to look past if you're especially why would i take a sip in the middle of making a statement um <laughs> especially if like you know my dad was so like of that ilk himself that i think that a lot of the stuff i make fun of he has a sense of humor about because he gets that i've always been that person and he had yeah. a lot to do with why i am that person but for you coming from <laughs> the family that you had to be like okay listen i wrote the song about a guy who molests his daughter and she <laughs> falls in love with him but she's real sweet about it i'm sure your dad yeah. was like i don't understand oh, what's no. happening he came to my first show because when i finally put it up which you know which was a really big deal because it's, it's like this is a show that if you didn't write everybody was so busy it's like you didn't write in the show you weren't in the show like it was basically a bunch of monologues essentially you know it was a show based around a children's birthday party so the audience would be the children and in some parts you'd, i was the mom and in some parts i was the entertainment which was me singing the song and then I did this other I did like a make your own Sunday you know sketch that I wrote which was super I got writing a sketch you know where I go by myself was really scary but both of them it was nothing was more rewarding than being that afraid to put it up and then putting it up and getting those laughs do you know what I mean like and by the way I've totally failed at at putting things up because I took improv so of course I failed many times on stage I was less afraid of it there because because of the many times that I had failed and it wasn't that bad so this time when I went up and it was stuff that I had actually written and rehearsed and when I put it out there for the audience, there was just nothing more rewarding than that. And I got like addicted to it. So now I'm writing every day. Like now I'm like, you know, everything I'm, I'm writing a screenplay now. You know what I mean? So there's just, it's just endless. And I feel That's like so fantastic. it's as big of a passion as acting to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, rounding up on an hour and I would love to um, maybe play a couple of the uh, games that I like to play sometimes yeah. with you. Um, I love games. Maybe we'll start out with a cootie catcher, okay. which I didn't know was called a cootie catcher until someone told me that it was called a cootie catcher. <laughs> and then we'll do a game of MASH. Okay. Um, because I'm excited to find out who is going to be on your MASH lists um because we didn't really talk that much about popular culture yeah we didn't talk that much about like in and you can absolutely uh make your mash decisions based on like who teenage carly craig would have wanted to end up marrying etc or uh it could be from the present or could be like a mashup of both but let's start with the cootie catcher um i'm gonna put down the uh, microphone so that i can uh, do this with you okay i'm setting it on the table maybe you can still hear me kind of (laughs) Okay, do I pick a color? Yeah. This way? Okay, um, red. Okay. R-E-D. Uh, I'm picking a number. I will pick seven. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven. Okay, okay now I'll pick number one. One, and now you pick another number. Number three. Okay. Number three question is, <laughs> who had a greater influence on you, your family or your friends? My family. 
Okay. Yeah. I think um, because my parents. Other, my- other than handwriting. <laughs> my friends had a big influence on me, but I feel like my family, my mom and my dad, um, had a huge influence on me. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. said, like earlier we talked about with the, with the way that they lived their lives, it made me a lot braver to do things and, and you know, that weren't necessarily in my personality. When they told you guys to not to get all Oprah on you, but when they told you guys you, that you, they were getting a divorce after you guys had grown up and left home. Yep. Just burped doc Brown's otherwise known <laughs> as doc burp. Uh, otherwise known as doc burp. Um, uh, was that, was that a surprise to you or was that, if your mom travels a lot, I'm sure that maybe, and he's a scout. So this sounds like they probably both travel all the time. Well, He wasn't a scout. He was a UPS man growing up. He became a scout later. Um, they, it, it was a total surprise when they got separated, but still lived together. It was really strange. Like hmm. my parents got separated at when I was, it, I actually felt like a lot of it was my fault because it happened right after I moved out. Hmm. Do you know how kids are? Like yeah. it was right after I moved out. And then I thought, oh God, my mom sees me going to these like parties and being 18. And now she wants to do that. Or that's, that's what I thought. Of course, none of it was true, but cause it all happened right then. And then, so they got separated, but she stayed in the house for like eight years. So they were living in two separate rooms for that long. So we would spend Christmas and Thanksgiving together as a family. But my mom was totally... That is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And my but dad see, was, was there kind room of, for them to have other pursue other relationships. No, my dad was, was sort of kind of like still, he was still in love with her and sort of waiting for her to snap oh. out of the stage. And so for eight years, I don't I don't know what their dating life is because right. I feel like they probably wouldn't tell me. Right. But um, as far as I know, they didn't. And then uh, they both sort of moved on right around the same time, which was great for me because <laughs> I get really yeah. protective over my parents and. Had my mom gotten a boyfriend and my dad didn't have a girlfriend, I would have been really worried about my dad. Yeah. Like I worry a lot. So the fact that, that my dad came to me and said that he had met this girl who was like his high school sweetheart, but they you know reconnected, I was so happy that he was finally moving on because mm. I could tell that my mom wasn't after eight years wasn't snapping out of this stage, right. and um, then she ended up getting finding a really great guy who she's still with. My dad's with a different girl now who I lo- who I really like a lot. And my mom's engaged now. And like, it's finally, I'd say in the last couple of years, normal. Like I grew up in like the Brady Bunch, basically. Like I was the family that everybody wanted to come over and be around. Yeah. You know, we, my mom and dad were just, you know, celebrate every holiday in the, in a big way. We always had a ton of food. Didn't, you know, like it was like well, the house everybody they wanted still, to go to. I mean, she, obviously she's still like, they still loved each other as people or they never could have stayed under the same roof. Yeah. So. It was weird though. I mean, it was definitely like, uh, it was, it was an interesting situation because it was, two people that, you know, my dad was at that point, you know, like he was heartbroken and annoyed that she's, you know, they're two different people. And and so it was just this weird situation that became very normal for us. So when they finally got a divorce, they got divorced on my birthday, like on the day. It it wasn't. is helping contribute to this, like, it's not your fault thing when everything ends up tying into you somehow by accident. But I, I, you know, now looking at them, my mom is like, it's almost like she's a better mom. She's a great mom, but she's even a better mom now because she's happy, you yeah, know? That's and huge. my dad, the same thing. It's like when, when people are happy, they're, they're better at everything that they do. Yeah. You know, because when you're not happy, you're going to, like, she's going to yell at the kids more. She's got, you know, because you're frustrated in life. So now I see her and she's so happy that, um, that's lovely. That it's great, but it took a long time to be great. It was, it was it sure sounds like it. Yeah. It was a lot of therapy and stuff for me to go through oh. my twenties to like yeah. realize that I was like blaming my mom for this and, and now everything's fine, but it definitely took a few years for it to be fine. And just to reiterate, it was all your fault. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's let's I learned do another question on this and then we'll do mash. Okay. Um, green G R E E N. 
two. One, two. Uh, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One. Okay. One is, in high school, if you had to fit in with another clique, uh, aside from the one you mainly identified with, what would it be? Um, I feel like I would have wanted to, to fit in with maybe the, the surfer guys, skater guys. So I kind of always... Yeah. I like loved them. You know, there were always cute guys there. Yeah, that's a good. If you're a guy, that's a ticket to chickdom. Yeah, I think, they were always really. Guy. I always was attracted to those guys. Like the the, the jocks are the. They ones sound that, like they. They sound like they could be kind of cocky too, though. The skaters. Everybody and the was surfers. cocky. Everybody, Everybody was, was cocky. cocky. You were really insecure, or you were super cocky. There was like no in between. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, weren't there like you were either really insecure, super cocky, or you were like the person that everyone was like, oh, he's like my brother, or yeah. like, oh, she's like my sister. Totally. There's like the really nice like. Totally. In a movie, Tom Hanks would play them, and but like yes. he wouldn't end up with the girl at the, in the end of the real life movie. Absolutely. Those really nice people. I know. Um, I don't know the, who I was. I, I don't think that I was any of those people, but I maybe I was a really I definitely wasn't really one. cocky. Yeah. I was really insecure. But then I found it late. Once my boobs started growing in, I was like, <laughs> when my boobs started growing in and like the pimples like went away on my forehead, <laughs> I think then... I was like to this day obsessed with skin because of like from fifth grade to like 10th grade had those like little pimples all over my forehead. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Oh, it was, they're awful because it's not like cystic acne where you're like, because I'm sure that's this, you probably have the same insecurities, but it was like these little tiny pimples that made me so insecure and my body took forever. I didn't start my period till I was like 14. Mm -hmm. Like everything was like a little late, like behind everybody. So once that stuff started all working itself out. I was fine, you know, but until then, I, gotcha. I was like wishing I was everybody else. Like if I could just be in somebody else, like I wanted to be Sandy or, you know, like just for yeah. a day. Yeah. But once all that stuff started, you know, figuring itself out, which eventually it does, yeah. you get out of your, my awkward stage is just really long, I feel like. Yeah. But then I look back at the pictures of me during my awkward stage that I thought I was like the ugliest person on the planet with the grossest skin and whatever. And I'm like... You were cute. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Like I was kind of like me being insecure that was affecting the way that I was standing, yeah. which looks nerdy, yeah. but it like my face was fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, the way that I looked in the mirror was just not, you know, I saw, I thought it was like the, the ugliest thing ever. And the face stuff is so sensitive. I mean, I, I never had like the, I never had like a lot of acne, but I would always get like the one giant zit on yeah. my otherwise sort of perfect skin. Yeah. So that was sort of awful in a different way because it was oh. like frequent enough that it was just like, there's no, there's nothing about this that like is consistent with the rest of my face. It's just a giant fucking zit. Oh, the, one time I got, what is it called? Um, I had scratched my face or something and got this like bacteria, like impetigo. Like oh, have you heard of impetigo? It's a little, it's like, it looks like, it like a like a like a little sore on your face for like and it lasts forever. Oh god. So me, poor me who's like has who's all, always oh, insecure about my no. face. Then I get this little thing on my face for like weeks. Oh, and god. I so I was like ditching school. I'm would, sure I would Who ditch school to, uh... and drive to cuz I could drive then. I would take my sister and we would drive to Los Angeles and go to the Lisa Gibbon show and then <laughs> drive back before dinner. <laughs> I love everything that you just said. I love it. Um all right, let's play a game of mash. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'm always trying to think of um, you guys when you listen to this if you ever come up with some fun ideas of categories for MASH let me know because I like to break it up and I like to do the tradition stuff but it's also been fun to kind of come up with some things that you wouldn't normally put in a MASH category like 
even just or maybe maybe some people would but it wasn't part of my conventional mash upbringing like for example i am definitely really into the idea of asking you about living in another era like mm. a, another a different decade or a different like i'm a different obs- era. i'm like obsessed with dip- yeah i, I wish so that give me three different eras that are not today i guess one of them could be t- today if you wanted okay um, i'm gonna say the 20s mm-hmm the 40s and you're talking about living in like as an as an adult or in high school or something yeah we're whatever you want whatever picture you want because i was alive in the 80s but yeah uh didn't i was a child in the 80s yeah. so i would say the 80s as well because I, I didn't get to experience the 80s the same love as it. i see in the movies i love it <laughs> and now let's put you in uh, uh someplace in the in the world okay um italy mm-hmm. you want three places yeah okay so italy um let's say spain mm-hmm. love it australia Ooh, down under mm-hmm. uh, i'm embarrassed of that <laughs> i just the vanessa raglan episode i feel like half the entire episode we were talking in horrible australian accents for no no reason whatsoever That's so hilarious. that brought me back some embarrassing memories just now <laughs> um what about okay and then maybe three uh careers careers okay um lawyer since that's what i talked about mm-hmm. in high school uh dolphin trainer Ooh, that's a good uh san diego base my friend is a dolphin trainer and i'm so jealous oh and yeah that's a good dream job let's see and um sketch artist okay i really wish i could sketch better than i mean i do too i always wish i could just like be be an artist yeah i can draw hands that's it like i can sketch hands, hands are some of the hardest things to draw i think I think, but, but I can't attach them to anything because if I, <laughs> <laughs> you need to meet up with somebody who's a really great artist who needs help with hands and you guys can co-create things. That's true. Cause the minute I attach them, they're like the wrong size or whatever, but if it's just a hand by itself, it's pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay. Uh, another conventional one, but, uh, three different cars that you drive or, you know what? It doesn't even have to be cars. It could be three different methods of transportation. How about Ooh, that? I like that. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to say a Bentley. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go up there. Get up there. That's what the mash is for. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bentley, um, private jet, Ooh, and a yacht. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is all of mine. This is all. A lot this of is money. all super good. <laughs> um, what about? Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna say this because I feel like this is all this does is like make you make it sound like you shouldn't be happy with the body you have but is there anything about your body like we everybody has a thing that they wish they could change i'm not saying that like you should wish that but like have you ever wanted to like would it be fun in a different imaginary life to be a little bit shorter or would it be fun to be really tall or would it be fun to be to have really big boobs or would it be fun to have like you know a fupa like a beautiful belly that you that you belly dance with you know what i mean like yeah. is there anything like that that's just sort of like a change of your physical self maybe you want to be a man i don't know like it could yeah. be anything you know i don't want to be a man or be but a redhead or anything like that just like physical i, I always yeah i always i've wanted to be a redhead for a while but th- whenever i I try to tell the people that color my hair to do, do it red. They tell me no. Okay. So all right, um, we got you in there as a redhead. Redhead, big lips, mm-hmm, like huge mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie lips mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would be cool. Pillow lips. And I'm gonna say the other thing is blue eyes. Okay. Great. Yeah, that's perfect. Redhead, Again, guys, a redhead with with big lips and blue eyes. Yeah. Well, you're only gonna get one of the three. Don't forget that. Kind of, that's kind um, of Jewish. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I do not have big lips in any way, nor am I naturally a redhead. Um, I do have natural blue eyes. Uh, and guys, again, I need to reiterate, this is not about not being happy with who you are. Guys, this is a game of fantasy. Yeah. Um, and let's I'm see. happy with my eyes uh, and my lips. And my yeah, yeah, <laughs> you should be because you're a stunner. Um, how about... Um, 
let's say let's you know let's throw a sport let's throw sports in there if there was like a the, a sport that you could maybe that you already know how to do that you love and wish you could do more or a sport that you've never been good at but that uh, would be fun to be good at um okay uh i wish i was really good at volleyball Great. i'm not bad at volleyball by the way i'm just not really good like, yeah with other girls but you know if i'm I, terrible if I was, like, at it but i want you know what i want to be good at is the spike i want to yeah. jump really high yeah. and spike Slam the shit out of that ball nothing more satisfying yeah, than that that's what i, I want. totally understand that very specific with the volleyball thing it's the yep. spike, spike <laughs> and the serve um okay so volleyball uh i would like to be good at um let's see soccer i don't think i'm very good at soccer mm-hmm. soccer's fun God, yeah it's a lot of running it it is that sport is a lot of running i dated a guy who played soccer and i went and watched him play and it was so fun but i was like wow you just are running in case the ball comes to you like in case totally just in case you're just running in case and you're for like sprinting for, yeah yeah and also so i joined um my friend my friend was on this like mom's soccer team and I'm not a mom, but I was like, I'm going to go play on your mom's soccer team because that's a bunch of like, it'd be easy. It was so fucking hard. Let me just tell you. Can you say oh, that? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, yeah. so hard. I First of all, they're like, you're going to get those cramps in the second game. I'm like, what cramps? I'm like, I'm athletic. I'm fine because I, I work out and stuff. I got the cramps that they were talking about in soccer. Like the second game, my my legs... I almost thought that I had to go to the hospital like something was wrong with me. It was so painful because you're stop, sprint, stop, sprint, stop, sprint yeah, that's, constantly. Your body, I'm sure, is like, what are you doing now? Wait, yeah, no, it's, wait, it's what? Just, those muscles had not been yeah. worked before yeah. and, and then you do it for so long and you're you're playing a game so you're competitive Ooh. so you, you're going past the point that you yep. would if you were just working out. Yep. That oh my god I thought I was gonna die it's the best workout ever oh my but god good god your legs get a workout um I just thought of two things while you were talking I don't want it to seem like I wasn't listening to you because I was listening to you about the stop start cramps yeah for yeah sure. stop start but cramps. I have a very active brain thus I was also thinking um I have two new categories I've never done before mm. number one is. <laughs> and then we'll end with three guys uh, preferably celebrities so everyone can enjoy who you pick but yeah. You have a second home. Now, hear me out. It's not in a specific place, but it's in a specific type of environment. Like, I have a second home in the desert. I have a second home in a tropical jungle. I have a second home in the mountains, something like that. So, what's your three second home choices? Like, your little cabin choices or whatever. Okay. um, In the hills. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. On an island. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, in the What kind of hills? In the hills, uh, hills that have a view. So, uh, like the Hollywood Hills, we can say. Okay, great. I love the Hollywood Hills. Great. So the Hollywood Hills, an island, mm-hmm. and country like Vermont country, though I love. Got it. I love, love it. Um, you, your second home is inside of a covered wooden bridge uh, in Vermont. <laughs> exactly. um, oh my god! Oh wait, we never finished the sport. We have volleyball, soccer, and then I need one more. Oh, oh um, volleyball, soccer, and a sport. Let's see. It'd be cool if I was good at football love it That'd why not really cool <laughs> um and then my third one this is kind of r- totally random but like what if you had like you owned a little shop you didn't have to work in the shop but you just were like an investor in a shop where it's like th- th- there are three different little stores of like things that would be really fun if you could offer to the public like small stores like mm-hmm. little small like a little, you have a little boutique what do you what are what are the three things it could be like you have a bakery or it could be like um i could say okay so i like to cook mm-hmm. so I, I don't bake very often but i do love to cook so maybe like a little like healthy cooking love place. it love it like cooking you know like alternatives to wheat and because i love learned it. a lot at the, at the doctor's office love it cook differently because of it and i could uh show the world that love it um maybe a little thing um hmm what else do i do or what i want to do i wish i could make clothes okay great 
I can't, but I wish I could. And I wish I had a little shop that I sold them at. I love this. Um, and then the third thing, uh, I wish that I was better. I wish I could like do hair. That would be okay, fun so you too. Have a little hair salon. Yeah. I can't Ooh, do I hair either, but <laughs> love this, that was really fun. Okay. And then, uh, the last thing is three, uh, guys, one of whom you'll end up marrying Ooh, okay. and or living with. You don't have to marry them. Oh, okay. One or the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, three guys. I'm going to say Ryan Gosling. Great. Nobody's going to argue with that choice. Mm-mm. I never thought that until I saw that Blue Valentine movie, and then I, I swung that way. It's, Before it's that, people were talking yeah. about it, and I was like, no, I don't see it. And then I saw it. I think I felt that way. There are, there are people that you have to see in action in a certain way to understand like i remember seeing pictures of clive owen before i had ever seen him in anything and people were like oh i love clive owen i was like i don't get it and then i saw him act that's the which is to say i know women it's are uniquely different with ryan because obviously that's a specific movie that you saw yeah but there there are certain people that you have to see them like moving around doing well, we're their like thing. attracted to different things you know mm-hmm. what i mean like people that are really talented women get attracted to that like for sure. that's why they can fall for guys that aren't as good looking because they're so talented at whatever they do if it's not just acting it could be anything and the and the charisma and the cockiness mm-hmm. Watch the conf- out, confidence don't mistake everything. cockiness for confidence totally um, okay so ryan gosling uh-huh. love it. um i love uh what's his name the guy from moulin rouge uh ewan mcgregor yeah, yeah. love him i just think he's adorable a lot again of opportunities to see his penis really i feel like i, I feel I've like seen his, his penis, penis yet. pops up in is a lot in tra- of is it his penis in train spotting his penis might be in train spotting his penis is definitely in this uh movie called the pillow book i haven't seen and that i think there's it's he's in, he's in a couple of other movies is it a good penis naked. It's, it's kind of good. a big deal to have a good penis. I yeah, feel it's, like. a, it's a pretty good penis. <laughs> okay, good. Um, otherwise, he probably wouldn't be showing it that much, right? I would agree. Yeah. All right. And then the third guy, let's see. Um, Johnny Depp. Great. I love me some Johnny Depp. I don't these know if are, I... I, I almost don't even guys. want to meet Johnny Depp because I feel like it's always been like a, like a this thing. Yeah. That's how I felt about Owen Wilson. But then I did meet him and work with him on something and... I do What'd you work with them on? as much as ever. I worked with them for like a day, but um, uh, in this in this movie, uh, I forget what it's called. You I'm forgot sorry, Steve your movie? Um, I totally am forgetting. You know, it's the one where he like is the bodyguard for the kid at school. It's sort of oh like oh homage oh yeah. To, uh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name of that movie. Did Robert Taylor? That was I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. Um, okay, now I'm making a little spiral. So tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. One, two, three, four, five, six. Guys, you know how this works. I pause this. When I come back, it will seem as no time has passed, <laughs> yet I will have determined Carly's future. All Hang right. on. Okay, guys. Uh, this is a good one, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so nervous. I really took a lot of time in, the, in, in each one because I feel like this is a big deal. This is going to happen <laughs> because this is going to happen. Gonna All happen. right. Let me figure out what I, what I want to tell you first. Number one, uh, you're a lawyer. <sighs> you're practicing law. Let me set the, the, That's the cool. scene okay. for you. Let me set the scene for you. Like, you're practicing law in 1980s Italy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. I don't know what kind of cases you're going to get, but I love the fact that you're in a lawyer in, in the 80s I in, love, in Italy. I just want to see my lawyer outfits. And, oh, what yes. What do you guys like in the 80s in Italy? I don't know. I don't know. You probably like Missoni. You probably have like a Missoni blouse, <laughs> like a Missoni scarf and like some fabulous like fantastic suit like a fendi suit yeah and like what color is that it's probably really bright yeah i hope so that's amazing um this is wonderful you drive a bentley of course you live in a mansion (laughs) 
But your second home is a little country uh, cottage in Vermont. All right. Not bad. I actually really like this um, life. Sometimes you take a break to play football. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have, and I like the idea of this being said, maybe you have this little shop in Vermont. You have the healthy cooking uh, Dude, little I like, love deli this slash, right? Yes. Cafe. And, Which um, they would totally appreciate in Vermont, by the way. Yeah. And people compliment in you the all 80s, the time. I'm not even thinking that way yet. Exactly. Exactly. You're so ahead of your time. Also, uh, in Italy, everyone always compliments you on your beautiful blue eyes. Oh, that's And uh, I'm sure that you play football uh, and you do all the sort of healthy alternative cooking stuff in Vermont and elsewhere with your uh, husband slash life partner, Ryan Gosling. Oh, my God. I mean, that's a pretty This is going to story. happen, right? Yeah. All this stuff that this you just said? on its way. Okay, because You're going to be driving. You're going to be going back in time to the 1980s very <laughs> soon. I'm glad that we had a chance to do this before you disappear to another time. I love that life. Um, I love it. I think it. that worked out very well. I think this worked out very well. This was a complete joy. This was really Thank fun. you so much for doing the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to see uh, season three of Burning Love, but uh, you will have to it. wait because I have no idea when it's coming out. I don't <laughs> Sometime think season next year, coming I'm out. Yeah, season two is coming out like in March or something. So. Oh, it is? I thought it was coming out in January. I think it's coming out in like February or March. Oh, really? Like so we February got like forever. Yeah, we got forever, guys. Oh. So um, in the meantime, please uh, weigh in with your questions, your comments. Uh, I I think it would be fun to talk more about um, healthy alternative cooking because I'm a big fan of that. Uh, we yeah. did a lot of it at the top. Guys, if you have any additional healthy cooking questions, please direct <laughs> them to me and I will make sure that Carly sees them. And I bet <laughs> I'm no expert, you... but I will answer your questions. She'll answer them. Listen, she's not, <laughs> being, not being an expert is not going to stop her from getting involved in your lives. That's right. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on the podcast. Bye. Thank you. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.